Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and today I'll be interviewing Bay County Superintendent Bill Husfeldt. We're going to be talking about school security issues, and he is one of the few superintendents in the state of Florida who is actually pushing forward with the Guardian program of arming employees in the school district. We're going to talk to him about why he's doing that and what he thinks about all the other security issues that are going on in schools in the state of Florida. Let's get right to it. So, Bill Husfeldt, you are the superintendent of Bay County Schools, and thank you for joining me here on the Gradebook Podcast. Great to be on here with you, Jeff. Well, I appreciate it. We are really interested in hearing from you today because your district is one of the very few in Florida that is actually moving forward with the school guardian program that the legislature created, and I'm really fascinated as to why you're going that direction. Well, and and first, let me clarify. We are taking the first step in looking to find out who's interested. Uh, When the legislation passed, um, one of the first things we did was we set up a quick survey uh, to survey all, everyone in our school system, we had, we probably had the most people reply to this survey of any survey we've ever done. And it was 60-40. 60% of the people were interested in us looking at having armed uh, people in the schools other than just uh, law enforcement officers. So that kind of blew up on our radar. Wow, we didn't expect to get anything like this. And the discussion continued. And then the law came out. The governor sent his letter and gave us a timeline that we were supposed to work with the sheriff's department. And by July 1st, have a list of names of individuals that may want to be in the uh, Coach Aaron uh, fees uh, guardian program. So that's where we are now is We have reached out to all of our personnel that would be eligible for this and just trying to measure uh, the interest of those that may be interested in doing something like this. There's two things that come to my mind from what you said. Let me go with the first one first. I've talked to some districts that have had similar interests, not the same level, but where people have called in or or sent them emails saying, I'll be armed in the school and I work for you. And I've heard a lot of people saying those are like the people they don't want to be armed in the schools. Have you thought about that? I mean, do you have to look at each individual person? Because, you know, it's the person who may be your most volatile employee. Oh, yeah. But but the but the, the guidelines for this in the law are very specific. And so uh, the first the first wave is that we are going to say our principals would say, yes, I recommend this person or no, I don't recommend this person. Then it would go to our school board. Then they would have the opportunity to look over the list and say yes or no. And then it would go to the sheriff's department. And the sheriff's department then does the psychological background check. They do the uh, high-level FBI background check. Then they're required to do the 130 hours of training. Basically, Jeff, the person that is accepted into the program uh, would basically go through uh, law enforcement certification. They could be literally a deputy when they get done this program. 
And so the extensiveness of everything that happens is going to narrow that group down. It's going to get smaller and smaller each time. In fact, uh, in working with our sheriff, he doesn't believe just because you go through the program you're even going to be qualified to do it. So there's a lot of stop gaps in between there and a lot of protections built in before anyone is even authorized to do that. The, the second thing that came to mind is wanting to know just what it is about your community that makes this be a popular idea, whereas down in some of the big cities in the south part of the state, that is a very unpopular idea. Well, uh, we are very conservative in our area of northwest Florida, uh, a wonderful community. We have, uh, you know, our community is so supportive of our schools and what we do. Uh, and, and I would say there's a, a, a high percentage of people in our area that, one, own guns and that, two, have concealed weapon permits. Uh, but I think the, the school board that I work with, Jeff, and I know you know this, uh, we faced a gunman. Uh, nowhere near the severity of what, uh, God bless those people in Parkland did, but uh, here, here's, here's what it is for me, Jeff. Uh, they hired a coach to do a job, and Coach Vice put his line, his life on the line for those children and guarded them the best he could, but he had nothing to protect himself with in addition to protecting more students. And so uh, as, as people like myself and board, we've been held hostage at gunpoint. We had no way to protect ourselves. And um, would I want to be allowed to carry a gun in a school board meeting with me? No. I don't want to carry a gun in a school board meeting with me, uh, but I, I can't imagine uh, our teachers being in the situation that uh, Coach Vice was in. And, and here's here, here's my concern. I know almost all of our teachers in our district, and there's no doubt that almost every one of our teachers would shield any student from being shot. And if we could do just one little thing to help them protect themselves and our students even more, I think we owe it to our ch our children to see what we can do. And this is just one option. We're doing all the other things just like everybody else. But we are looking at this and looking at this very seriously. I think discounting it right off the top is uh, uh, not fair to the, uh, to the folks that are on the front line. Do you not worry at all about what some of the people raise as probably the biggest couple of concerns that either one a kid could wind up with a gun in their hands or two that a teacher or I guess an employee could be out there acting as a guardian and not be well identified enough and and not be distinguished from the intruder and and Jeff you hit some and, and we have talked about everyone there's not a scenario yet that I've heard that we haven't discussed and discussed in great detail and the sheriff's got some methods to be able to identify um, the the people that would do this in an emergency situation, he's got he's got something we never even knew existed to be able to identify them. We've talked about things like uh, having special colored guns. Uh, there are biometric things that are out there that you put on the trigger mechanisms that would only work with uh, the fingerprint that's authorized to have it. I mean, Jeff, we have looked at everything, and and and, and yes. Uh, Believe me, the, the last thing, and, and in fact, here's where a lot of us talk about it. We shouldn't even be having these conversations. And protecting our students should not be our responsibility to that level. And we all know that and agree with that. But, Jeff, I think that we all know 
that the world we live in right now, just saying that's not enough. What are we going to do when this happens to the next school? Are we just going to continue to say we're not going to do that? And, and unfortunately, we believe the people are out there that want to harm our children. Uh, whether they're adults or other students, students get guns all the time. It's obvious. So by us saying we're not going to do this isn't going to stop that. That's not going to stop the proliferation of children with guns and and weapons. Uh, What we've got to do is figure out every method we can to protect our children from being harmed. Everything we can do has got to be on the table to protect our children. What other things are you looking at? You mentioned that there are a variety of options. I guess you're hardening the offices or, or making the entrances more difficult to get through. Yes, we, we've been doing that for years. In fact, we were about halfway through doing that, and that started back with uh, Newtown. And, 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 Jeff, here's the frustrating thing to me. Uh, many of myself and many of my colleagues have been talking about, look, we need to put more money in school security. We've been talking about this for years. This wasn't anything new to us. We've been uh, asking for this for years, and so we'd already been starting to do that. And now we're getting ready. We're borrowing $5 million so that we can uh, speed it all up and get them all done quicker than the time frame we originally had. But let me tell you this, Jeff. Uh, Newtown, uh, where those those 20 uh, children and adults that were killed uh, at that school about, uh, I think it was about six years ago, they had a very secure front entrance and one of the models for the kind of security you want in a school. But that's not going to prevent the crazy person from coming in that wants to come in that's going to shoot their way in. You've got to do more than just that. There's not just one thing. If there was just one thing you can do, we'd all be doing that one thing. There's not just one thing you can do. In fact, um, you know, is one law enforcement, armed law enforcement officer enough? No, really it's not. We have some schools with 2,000 students uh, and the campuses are huge, spread out. And most of, the, most of these incidences last about three minutes. Uh, and it takes that much time just to get across campus. So, you know, that's why we're looking at everything, Jeff. And, and the concerns are loud from everybody on every side. And we just want to continue to look at every option to make sure we're doing everything we can to prevent a tragedy and at least give our children and adults in the schools the best chance they can to uh, defend themselves if, God forbid, they have to. I have to ask because you're not the only person who's said, you know, we can't really do anything to prevent this because there are so many things where so many people could come in or get through or around. Are we creating a false sense of security in saying that we'll have an armed person in a school or that we'll have a metal detector at the front gate or things like that? I don't think we're creating a false sense of security, but we have to in every conversation make sure we all say, and this is why I say it, we're going to do all we can, but that's not going to make uh, make our schools 100% safe. Jeff, I, I was a high school principal for 12 years, and we used to recruit students to our honors program, and one of the comments that was always come up with, is your school safe? And I used to always say, our school is as safe as kids going to the mall or to the movie theater. Well, that was almost 20 years ago. And now 
you're not safe going to a movie theater or to a mall any more than you are anywhere else. I mean, the world we live in has changed. The dynamics of what people do, the availability that they have to get weapons, the mass destruction instruments that are out there, the craziness of people driving over other people and things. I mean, it's happening in the world. No one would have thought what happened at Parkland would ever happen there. But we have got to realize that Columbine, Parkland, uh, Newtown, uh, Paducah, Kentucky, all these instances are a continuous, gradual growth of the things that our world, that we're exposing our children to. One of my nieces was at the concert in, in Las Vegas and was running from bullets. Jeff, we can't sit back and just say that, uh, yes, we're doing everything we can to protect our children if we're not looking at every option to protect our children. I'm not sure if you put five uh, deputies in the school, it would realistically be totally safe. Now, obviously, you get to a number where nobody's going to try to do something because uh, of the fear they'd have of not being able to get in and getting shot before they even got in. But in reality, you know, and I know that there's not enough funds to put that many officers in each school. And so we have to look at every option and look at every situation we can to figure out what is the best thing we can do for these schools, for our students, to protect everyone in those buildings. So you've mentioned borrowing and you've mentioned the lack of funds. And, and you're not the only person in the state to talk about how the state didn't really put enough money into its school safety program that it wants to be in place. Is there some number that would be better, at least, that you're looking at? Or are you looking at a tax referendum to perhaps supplement what you're already doing? And I think tax referendum, they've got to get and, – and before this even happened, Jeff, what I said was, look, allow us to come up with a half-cent tax initiative that addresses before the shooting. I said mental health. All this comes down to the mental health of these children. And, and Jeff, and, and I don't know how long you want to talk on this podcast, but I can tell you this right now. I'm so tired of hearing everybody talk about fighting the opiate and opioid crisis. Behind every adult that's addicted to some drug or, or something, there are probably 2.3 children, and every one of those children are in our schools, and they're suffering and hurting, and our teachers are responsible for trying to get them to pass a test that the state says they have to take, but we don't have any way of helping them with the life situations they're confronted with and dealing with every day. And so the mental health issues have to be addressed. The, the funding that the legislators have given us, I am so grateful and thankful for it. But I believe, as you said, I don't believe it addresses it to the level it needs to. You take that funding away, that they, the $400 million that they put into all the different initiatives to protect our schools better, and, and again, I'm grateful for it. But then they took away the other funding they were going to increase, and, and we've got a net gain of 47 cents a student. We can't do everything we're responsible to do with what they're giving us. Uh, I, I've said forever, I think it's ludicrous that school districts are having to pay for security. Are they going to make us to start, start paying for fire protection too? I mean, at some point, someone's got to step up and say, Security issues should be the responsibility of the state, and we're going to have this standard that everybody, and it's going to be paid for by whatever group's responsible for that, just as fire and ambulance services are paid for. And so it, it, it blows my mind the lack of 
understanding that the people making these decisions have about, about what really is needed in our schools. And the mental health part's got to be addressed before you can really talk about making our schools totally safe. If you don't do the mental health, uh, if you don't address the mental health issues properly, we're going to keep having these problems. And the mental health goes back to the addictions that are in the homes and the dysfunctionality that our kids live in in the homes. Well, it sounds like you have your work cut out for you for the next legislative session, which apparently is going to come even sooner. So, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I'm not sure they care what we think, Jeff. That's the thing. I, I, I've got some very good friends in the legislature, and I, and I trust and respect them, but I, 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 no one's more frustrated with what has happened with public education over the last few years than I am. Uh, it's just uh, it, it's totally disheartening and frustrating because I – don't think they're paying attention to what we're dealing with. I think they think that all schools are like the schools their children are going to, and that's just not the case. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me, and um, I look forward to talking with you again. Thank you. Take care, Jeff. Have a great day. That's the end of our interview and the end of our podcast. If you'd like to participate in this conversation, please come over to our Facebook page where we will post the podcast and we usually get a lot of comments. Please join in on the commentary. If you want to follow our breaking news on education issues, go to our blog, tampabay.com slash blogs slash gradebook. And please remind yourself to, if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends. Give a review to it over on Apple, iTunes, or wherever you find your podcasts. I'm reporter Jeff Solichek. Thanks again for listening. 